Sonic the Hedgehog released February 14th, 2020, Valentine's Day. The perfect romantic film. <laughs> That's true. It is, in fact. I'm Dylan Vento. I gotta go fast. I'm, I'm Jog Wetmore. Jog? Yeah. Yeah, good way to go with the running pun. Yeah, I like it. Well, I'm Nick Nundahl, and this is Attract Mode. Should we update the audience at our uh, about our new our change in in, uh, in circumstance? Yeah. So Joe loved Sonic the Hedgehog so much that he decided to move to Green Hills, Montana, himself, and then realized that's not a real place. So he just settled to some town in, in Montana. Yeah. It's. I mean, yeah. you know. Wait, do we want to dox Joe real quick and say where he lives? <laughs> yeah. Now? Please do. I, 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 there, there's forty eight twenty four. Green Hill Drive. <laughs> I don't. I don't know Joe's address. <laughs> One Golden Loop, Green Hills, Montana. Yeah. The funny thing about Sonic being in Montana is that it's not filmed in Montana, despite being taking place in Montana. But yeah, also, was it filmed like Vancouver? I'm not sure. That that could be, but it doesn't even look like Montana. <laughs> like, but it does look like Vancouver. That is for sure. So yeah, yeah that seems right. Yeah, because they keep talking about the Pacific Northwest at the beginning of this film, and I'm just like, is Montana considered the Pacific Northwest? I think it's like uh, still Great Plains region, kind of. It's, it's it's tough because the the west the west side of Montana is like pretty pretty pretty. It's it's very fair. like Mont, Mont, Montana is, and uh, mm-hmm. also like we do get a lot of like saltwater salmon that swim up and and have some jams over here. So you know oh, that's that's, that's pretty Pacific. Anyways, look. <laughs> We're, to, we're here to. Could you not be more specific? We're not. We're not here to talk about Geog. We're here to talk about Sonog. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you guys think of this film? Oh boy, the biggest problem I have with this movie, <laughs> which tells you a lot right there, <laughs> that statement is, is that it. It's just okay. It's yes, yeah, perfectly it's fine. Fine. It's inoffensive. I think is the word you used when we saw it. Um. Yeah. It it just didn't leave a big mark on me, but it has moments and it has like I love Ben Schwartz as Sonic, he does a great job, and and kids seem to love it. So it is yeah. hitting a mark that it wants to hit, but for me it didn't like it didn't land with me. It didn't make me go like oh man I can't wait for the sequel. The thing I thought right. about with it when I was when I was watching it and like i was like okay yeah this i could see a kid like i could see a younger me liking this movie um but then i was thinking like other kids movies that have come out recently that and and really the the two best examples i have are lego movie and into the spider-verse which are both like the same director so i don't know maybe it's just them who are good at this but those are those (laughs) are like great movies on their own director as sonic just to be clear no yeah yeah the same director director team between those two movies Right, that the, the those movies were great on their own, 
fun for children and also like great movies to watch as adults, you know, like it's just uh, yeah. like that had the whole thing going on. And then the other thing I think about when I watch this movie in general is that it t- that takes a lot of liberties with like what they're doing with Sonic. And I'm like, man, I kind of wish they had set this in like a weird alternate universe, like, like steam, like, like, like gross city punk thing. Like, like just like Mario had done, because at least I would have maybe been more interested in what was happening. But, like, they made it duller somehow by, by bringing it into the real world. Well, right. Like, weirdly, Sonic does have, like, these weird industrial cities that Robotnik yeah. has created. And they are fully, like, you know, that, that bizarre other world alternate reality thing would have fit perfectly. Like, I, I, but well, instead, I, we got Vancouver, Montana. Here's my pitch <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> Uh, you start off with an actual like like live hedgehog, and then he gets pulled into another oh, dimension no. and becomes a blue man, Ben Schwartz, and and that just, just painted yeah. Ben Schwartz. <laughs> he doesn't have any of the other Sonic, and he's got to stop features. President Robotnik, and that's that's the movie. I think it would be a it's good like that, time. That oh, that horrifying YouTube video of the guy pretending to be uh, uh, dressed up as Sonic, scarfing down chili dogs. Oh, I, I'm actually not familiar with this, but now oh, I'll show it to you afterwards. You will, you will enjoy this, and it's a bad out of tune, like Green Hill Zone, uh, 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 music tied to it. Oh, oh man, oh, <laughs> eating hot dogs at the speed of sound. Should we start this this review at the speed of sound? I suppose. I mean, we're taking a slow run up to it. That's yeah. for sure. So, so what's this movie about, Joe? <laughs> well. All right, I guess if you... So, Sonic, he's... So, what's this movie about, Dylan? Well, let me tell you. I got nothing. All right, let me tell you guys what this movie's about. (laughs) Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. We need to put up the the spoiler warning. Uh, So, in case... If if you're just getting to this point, please realize we are going to spoil the shit out of this entire movie. Yeah. So, where do we open? We open on a beautiful CG rendering of... A uh, a Sonic game island, like it yes. looks like Green Hill Zone, even though it's not called that for whatever reason no. in this movie. It's just called the island. This is where yeah. I'm from. I'm from the island. Yeah. Enter a Brooklyn accent talking about the history of dinosaurs. No, <laughs> 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 so, but we do get a a, a very New Yorky or New Jerseyan accent through Ben Schwartz playing Sonic. Uh, so he does come in and he says uh, that this is his like home. I guess actually we don't we don't open on the baby we open on the city that's right because there's an in media yes. res combat yes. with Robotnik but then right. he kind of says all right after you know, you yeah. watch him blow up some cars and stuff uh, Robotnik scratch. flying yeah exactly this, it's the kind of opening um, that's definitely like oh our opening's a little bit too dull we need to like inject a moment of action in there just to like get yeah. like you know. Get people pumped and ready for what's coming later at the very end of the movie. <laughs> right. it, it definitely yeah. feels like an editing choice rather than a um like a like yeah. a like an actual like storyboard. Uh, I I don't know choice. if that's the case or if it's just like you need to prime children for the long <laughs> delay in between action scenes. You got to press that pump. Yeah, like well, here's yeah here here's some action at the start. This movie does like one of the what I consider like a cardinal sin for a lot of films that like all of its good bits are in the trailers. Uh, yes. and then you're you're just watching everything they deemed not good enough to make to the trailers 
for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the movie. <laughs> Waiting for the trailer moments. Right, because yeah. the part where 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 Jim Carrey is fly, he's flying in his his hovercraft, whatever you call his ship, and like chasing Sonic through San Francisco, he does like that was an illegal left by the way and is chasing him and like that's like that sounds like Eggman like that like that's that one part where like Jim Carrey actually sounds more and more like Eggman in that one like line of dialogue and they just it's the first (laughs) fucking five minutes of the movie so it doesn't like okay and then like the rest is like kinda Eggman-ish it's like you know Robotnik Ventura I don't know I was really bothered by that but yeah so they do the record scratch and then he's like how did I get here and then yeah. rewind. So then we get baby Sonic, and I think it's disgusting. <laughs> Just, it's, it's not great. I'm not. I, I don't know what it is about these weird proportions that this movie, you know, from the original trailer when it came out, we had super long leg Sonic. Then they fixed it when people complained. But I feel like the team behind the CG only did that because they got that response, right? So that team is sort of inherently geared towards weird proportions. Yeah. And and they didn't show baby Sonic in the trailer so they didn't get feedback on that. So we get this like overly stubby-legged big head. Pot I mean, I know that's what babies look like. I, I do but, really yeah. I really want to see the original baby Sonic though. This probably is that. I don't think they would have had to change it, I'm right? Not like sure. uh, I don't You think it would have had like gross long legs like it, it, well the <laughs> eyes would have been a different size maybe? Right. Yeah. It would have been yeah. less cartoony in its facial features. Human teeth. Fair enough. And the, like yeah. the fur oh, color yeah. was different. They, they at least did like editing to you know make it match up with like because the, they like they 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 redid yeah, the textures on on like the the well everything the gloves and whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, well he has gloves now. Yeah, yeah, he didn't before, originally, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So we find out that uh, Sonic has special powers. It's just something you have to accept right out as like I was born with powers. Boom, done. Okay. Yeah, like that's fine. That's fine. Like I mean, I guess that's inherent to his quality in the games too they just never really express it Make a as explicitly as that so he has been he he has been tasked by this fucking guardians of kahul reject long claw who is a photorealistic giant owl and also sonic's guardian mentor yeah i guess yeah so it's like parent figure guardian protecting this super powered sonic baby um but uh the first thing that says is like hey if you ever get like you know if we ever get found you gotta run and then mm-hmm. as that's being said an arrow flies into the house and shoots her in the chest or something like i i did not expect that level of violence right out the yeah. gate in this movie um so she gets shot and they run away a little bit, and she demonstrates that these these golden rings that she carries, which are straight out of the games, of course, have the ability to open portals to different places, different worlds. Right. And she says, Sonic, you got to run. You got to keep your power hidden. Run, Sonic, and, run. Yes. <laughs> and she opens a portal to another world and gives him a map and says, take all these coins. If anyone finds you, jump to the next world. This is a, this uh, is a, then, this is a ding for me. Um, early on, because it, uh, all right. well, that's the sound the the rings make. Yes, yeah. Thank you, Joe. Ding. Thank you for pointing that. Out. Uh, I I do like all right. You got to get set up done. I get it. You got to get the movie going. But it is like such a condensed amount of things that they're trying to do. This they're trying to have that like Obi Wan Kenobi death moment. I think he even refers to her as Obi Wan Kenobi at some point in the movie. Um, yeah, he oh, says God. she was basically my Obi Wan, and, and and it's it's like 
I hate it. The the the, the, the like condensing like even having a mentor for just like f- like like what like thirty seconds of screen time. A mentor who taught us nothing other than to be afraid. Yeah, it's just such a weird. Also, only a an excuse I think to shoehorn echidnas into the yes. movie because they are being right. hunted by like the echidna tribe. So it's just a bunch of knuckles chasing them. Which yeah. again, cool that we get to see Knuckles. But also, why is the owl photorealistic, and then everyone else is a cartoon character? <laughs> I think I think it's fine. Like the contrast between those didn't bother me, but it is definitely that this character was set up solely to be an excuse to show a kid knows because you could have easily just had it start on Earth and say Sonic said, "I came from another world where I had to flee," right, and and not shown any of that stuff. And, you know, and it would have been fine. Everyone would have bought that right off the bat. Um, or like we talked about, like not do the fake out start and have it literally just begin with Robotnik hunting him and catch us up throughout the movie. Which would have also worked. Yeah. So we get we jump forward 10 years in the future uh, to to sunny Green Hills, Montana, which mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, I kind of like I kind of like the the concept of incorporating names from the. Like like if Sonic like if Sonic went to Vegas at one point in the movie, I'd be okay with that because there is a casino zone. Uh, yeah, but and there's a San Francisco zone in Sonic Adventure, so like they do stuff like that throughout the movie when he's teleporting to like like you said, there's San Francisco, but then there's also the pyramids, which happens you know to be very uh, similar to levels in the game. So I mean, you do kind of get that, <laughs> but, I guess. But I do have a pretty strong opposition to just the idea of setting this movie on earth anyhow i mean there's so many complaints up front about like just the the approach they made for this movie because the beginning the one thing that it did have was the the the, what looked like the green hill zone in the original dimension was actually really cool to look at like it had the loop-de-loops and it had the checkered um dirt and i don't know it was like i would watch a movie in this weird setting and you could just make all the characters animated the knuckles look cool you know the owl whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah and it's not like fully cg animated movies don't work you know, clearly that there is an audience for that. It's the same audience. <laughs> it's children. Right. Um, I, I wonder where along the line someone was like, no, it has to be on Earth. And and the only thing I can think of is that they wanted to have Earth reference humor because that kind of humor doesn't require like <laughs> good, good writing. I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't. You can just throw in a reference anywhere and you'll get a portion of the audience that goes, ha yeah. But the counter argument to that is, of course, that you can still reference things without it making sense. Like you could have Sonic be in Sonic's world and then have him reference Star Wars. And it's like, sure, whatever. It doesn't matter. Star Wars is universal. It's, right. This, yeah. this movie's mm-hmm. rationality doesn't matter. But 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 also like what 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 are these pop culture references playing to? Because like kids are not like the record scratch. Oh, you're probably wondering how I got here. Like. It's like an '80s reference, right? Like, who? What kid is well, going to? I don't like, think there was a that. literal record scratch, was there? But, but there it's, was it's, like it's adapted from a meme. Basically, it's like it's like a yeah evolution. There was a point in the movie where I like turned to you while we were sitting there in the theater, and I was like, "Oh, this this '80s movie reference for an adult, like yeah. very adult oriented movie reference." And it's obviously like that's for the parents. Well, that's for. The parents to go like, oh, there's something for me, even though it's as shallow as it can be. That's 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 a kind of a writing shortcut. I feel like yeah. we're making oh, a kids absolutely. movie. Let's sneak in references for adults rather than making the movie generally accessible for both adults and children. Like making it so that yeah. right, uh, you know, what's funny for kids is also funny for adults. I feel like referencing 
like jokes and 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 popular culture is such a such a low tier of comedy and like you mentioned lego movie before and it's like lego movie's funny because it creates its own world of humor where it's like it's got slapstick it's got it's got you know uh, uh non sequiturs it's got stuff like that and it's legitimately funny because it's able to like spin that into a continu- uh, continuum of its own making yes whereas sonic you know you pull out every reference it's making and it's 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 nothing there's nothing there yeah. there's the, there's nothing it's very bare bones and then it's just filled with bad jokes that are just references like reference humor can totally work you got spider-man talking about star wars in the marvel movies i think is a good joke even if it's you know joe (laughs) and i have had arguments about it i hate the meme humor references but black panther did the like what are those thing yeah it's perfectly suitable for a character to have references to things and that's how people joke and it's natural it makes sense in the context of those movies for them to do it with this one it does feel so forced because there's so many references if sonic has been alone literally for 10 years he should be like a feral wild boy who can't speak, <laughs> but he's perfectly versed in in reference humor. Well, the, the, well first of all, the Al taught him good English, but I, I also <laughs> want, want to say that I, there, there were some references. Long Claw was an excellent teacher. There were some references that surprised me. Like I was surprised to see Keanu Reeves and Speed uh, in the movie uh, when they were uh-huh. watching that. And I was just like, you know, all right. I mean, look, it, I'm happy to see Keanu Reeves face any time of the day. So that was that was a welcome a welcome scene <laughs> what's the opposite of a ding like this movie trying to dig its way out of its grave a bing. <laughs> oh okay. this, this podcast brought to you by microsoft all right so yeah. in green hill zone um uh sonic like like we said he, he doesn't interact with anyone because he uh was taught by long claw that he can't befriend anyone because anyone that gets to know him and understand that he has powers will try to use his powers and take advantage of him so he spent the past decade hopping between worlds and every time he i guess he fucks up in a world or what he leaves it i I wonder about that because they do show his map of worlds and there's an x on the island that he starts on then there's an x on like this diamondy world and then there's earth which doesn't have an x on it and then there's mushroom zone which will be the next world he's going to go to right there's also one Um, which is the bonus stage from like sonic and knuckles i think where it's like the checkerboard pattern exactly the 3d like globe that you had to run around on the checkerboard floor um and then there's two others that are like completely crayoned over you can't tell what they are there's weirdly a sega saturn logo as one of the planets (laughs) oh nice um he went to saturn work for like a racing level too because you could like swoop down the s but anyways uh the it looks like he's only been to Earth one other place and his starting point. Uh-huh. So it doesn't seem like he's been hopping very much. He's just kind of landed on Earth and been here for 10 years. Sure, but it, it would make sense that like if you've been burned by two worlds, you're just like, the next world I'm going to, I, I checked. There, no one's there. Yeah, right. And that's what he's done. That makes sense. So Sonic, despite the fact that he isn't doesn't know anyone, he still has basically... Uh, uh, connections to the townsfolk of Green Hills, and uh, one of which is uh, Tom Wachowski. Is that his last name? Yes, Tom Wachowski is our our human protagonist to go alongside Sonic throughout the film, which he does Play- Donut Lord. Yes, right. He's a cop. 
He <laughs> hangs out alone outside of town at what he calls the speed trap, although no cars ever go down <laughs> that road. So I guess that's kind of a good thing because like sitting at a speed trap is an asshole move for a cop. So if he sits specifically at a speed trap, no one ever drives by. He's kind of not being an asshole. I guess that's sure. fine. He does. I mean, if you're one of your protagonists is a cop, you gotta you gotta spin it however you can. Uh, the, I, I just to just to clarify it on the Donut Lord thing, he he does dress up donuts with like sunglasses and stuff and talk to them. Right. So right, that's yeah. you know, he's a sad man. Uh, he's a likable <laughs> man though. He's a likable man, and that's really like the only quality. Is he, he likable? I guess he's likable in the sense that he doesn't do bad things. Right. Like he's not waiting at a speed trap where people actually you know we can catch people. And he does, like, they show him protecting some ducks crossing the street at some point. I, I don't mean yeah. that he's a likable character. I mean that if you knew him in real okay. life, you'd be like, oh, he's pleasant. He's a nice yeah. guy. And then he turns out to be, like, a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. He has, like, a cage in his basement. Uh, James Morrison plays him. Yep, Cyclops. He's, like, he's, like one for three on things I've seen him in now, I guess you reminded uh-huh. me that he was Cyclops terrible as Cyclops. So boring, boring is this. And, uh, he was great in Westworld, but because he was supposed <laughs> to be a boring character, yeah. like he, he's just the most boring actor. And I'm sorry for him to, to say that, but Oh my God, he's supposed to be milk toast cowboy in, in Westworld. And he pulls it off magnificently doesn't he play piccolo yeah. or something or is that a different james piccolo, piccolo in the dragon in, ball z yeah. movie in the, in the live action one yeah oh, I don't I'll, I'll look forward to being bored with him there i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> wait but we, we, we don't have to watch that do we because dragon ball is not no it's not a video game yeah oh I, yeah I mean, okay good yeah, they're dragon right. ball video games but weird weird yeah. moment of if they make, a, if they make a, a dragon ball budokai the movie then oh yeah, we're, we're, out, we're out of luck guys lord so can we just go through the other characters because there's like four yeah, characters yeah, in I, this I movie clarify, though. L- L- uh, james marsters played lord piccolo not james marsden so i'm po- sorry uh, out there okay, for all so, you dragon ball evolution fans yeah also <laughs> sorry james marsden your one chance at being mildly interesting has passed <laughs> 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 so we've already said ben schwartz is voicing sonic love ben schwartz he's hilarious I've been a fan of his internet stuff for years. Glad to see him in movies. Uh, Tika Sumter is Maddie Wachowski, Tom's wife. She is a veterinarian. Uh, he calls Sonic calls her Pretzel Lady because she does yoga, and he thinks that she's born without bones. Um, Jim Carrey playing Doctor Ivo Robotnik. That is, you know, the big draw I think for this movie because Carrey has been out of films for so long, and getting to see him back in a goofy role is great. A lot of people are really excited. They're like, oh man, he's he's back to form. It's just, it's like old Jim Carrey again. I think it's a little too much like old Jim Carrey again. Yeah, he like kind of cranked it up to, to 11 there. I don't mind. Which is fine. I, I don't mind that he overdid it. I think it was his performance was like technically fun. It was like technically, technically, and uh, arguably my, my the, the moments I liked from the most from the movie were watching Jim Carrey again. The problem is, is that it wasn't particularly special for Jim Carrey. Like it, it wasn't better than Ace Ventura or, you know, yeah. or anything from in living color or just anything that Jim Carrey has done. It's just, it's, it's, I certainly, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, this will not stand out as one of his great characters. I think he put a lot of heart into it. I think he, yeah. 
he did his you know his his best work given what he's playing but it's just it's a very one-dimensional character it was so much more interesting to see him in kick-ass 2 as a unique type of character that was also eccentric mm. even though that kick-ass 2 wasn't a great movie jim carrey's role in that was like oh this is a neat thing to see jim carrey play and i would like to see yeah. him in more movies even though he's a crazy man he is very crazy um but yeah, he's just being goofy. It, it brings a weird goofiness to Robotnik that I think is at odds with what Jim Carrey says about Robotnik, which is that he has no inner child. Like, I watched some interviews. He's like, he has no inner child. That's why he's the antithesis to Sonic. Sonic can play, and Robotnik can't play. But he's kind of playing the whole movie. There's a scene where he just dances with himself, yeah. Yeah, and like, it, it's really that he's lonely and doesn't know how to make friends, and I think that's a fine antithesis, because that's very present in the movie. Should but, we um, should we should we run through the scenes that actually speed us up to up to speed with with Robotnik? Yeah, let's let's get some some plot rolling. So so we had, we saw Tom talking with his donuts, and he's he's waiting, he's watching things, trying to get some speed readings. Nothing's happening. Then suddenly, boom, bang! Oh, it's like oh, so many miles per hour. Something ran by. Not not miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, not so many miles per hours. <laughs> Literal miles per hour yeah. happen. Yeah, an entire uh, a, a stampede a, of, of tails showed up on a radar gun. So he's pushing three hundred. He's like two ninety three, two ninety seven, and then finally a blur goes by that hits three hundred, and you see Sonic appear behind Tom, uh, sneakily checking, and then like fist pumps. He's like, "Yeah, I got three hundred. So that's like a new high for Sonic um, in this moment. Which is contrary to how clearly fast we see him go throughout the rest of the movie. Right. Like, he is blindingly fast. Uh, so much that he can stop time, basically, uh, perceptively. I, a little, you know, whatever. <laughs> Just to comment again on, on Sonic Speed, actually. <laughs> There's a point in the movie where he's like, oh, I need to get to San, San Francisco or whatever. And he runs and he runs into the Pacific Ocean. And, and, and based on his ability to stop time, he could just run around in random directions and then try to find himself stopping in San Francisco. And he, it, yeah. he could just end up or, there randomly by running through the earth. So, so we're, we're getting into a much later point in the movie, but eventually this turns into a road trip movie that you're right. His speed is so insane. Never needs to be a road trip movie. He could just, it's like two seconds that he's gone across the country. He could just get a map, get a GPS, get anything and know where San Francisco is and get there. But I guess the de the deeper side is that he's been watching James Marsden's character for so long. That's why he sneaks up on him while he's doing his speed trap stuff. He idolizes Donut Lord. He wants to spend that time with him. And, and I guess to, to update us on, on like what, what the actual establishment of this is. So he, Sonic doesn't know, hasn't met Donut Lord. Donut Lord doesn't know about Sonic. He's just, he's, Sonic is just stalking him. We see Donut Lord meet his, uh, with his wife and they're establishing, oh, Donut Lord wants to move to San Francisco and try to become a real mm -hmm. cop because nothing's happening in Green Hills, Montana. And, and not only that, but he gets the letter saying he's in. Yeah, you're in. He's going to San Francisco. There's some stuff that's just like, okay, this is a very happy couple. They're very good for each other. Yada, yada, yada. And then I think we go to a baseball game um, where Sonic is watching baseball get played and then like the game's over or whatever. And Sonic plays baseball by himself. And there's a whole scene where he's like doing all the roles. I don't think there's too much to say other than this is just like establishing stuff, right? There's nothing to add to these scenes. Well, this establishes his loneliness. Yeah. That's really the big thing, right? Is that Sonic comes across so chipper and so happy. But what he really wants is to play and be a child. He's 10 years old and he sees other 10 year olds playing baseball and he so wants to be them that he emulates 
literally both sides of the game. He plays every position by himself because he's so fast he can throw the ball and then run to the batter's mound and bat it back and then run out into the outfield and catch it. And he, he cheers for himself and everything, but when the game is all over, there's no one to clap hands with. There's no one to give a high five to. Right. And he gets upset. And and, and I mean, like, it's well conveyed. Like, I, I get it. I, I get what they're saying. Um, yeah. I don't mind the Sonic is Lonely angle. I think it, because it's a kid's movie and it has to be sort of dragged out, like reiterated over and over again, it becomes tired for me. But yeah. as a as a starting point, I don't mind it. My my comparison though goes back to like Enter the Spider Verse and how much more complex Miles' relationship was with so many different characters, and they were not just, Miles per hour. Yeah, yeah not Miles <laughs> per miles. hour. Miles Morales. Uh, his relationships in a kids movie were so much more complex and interesting. And I I do like Sonic in this, but I don't care about Sonic in this or Donut Lord or anyone because he's a kind of obnoxious kid. Yeah, it's hard, and he's so invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I I just I don't understand the 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 aspect you kind of hit on it, Joe. Like we we see character development done well in in movies that when we see it done poorly, you can like it 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 feels like you're like grasp is you like through a fog, right? You're trying to grasp specifically like what makes this not work because like Sonic's loneliness, like like you said, Nick gets iterated a lot at the beginning of the movie yeah. and like unnecessarily so because like yeah, okay like i it. think kids got it the second time you don't right. need to go on to the fifth and sixth yeah but not only is it repeated it is done heavy-handedly because he like has to like explicitly say i'm lonely like yeah dude sad music's playing you're being dour and like it's a dimly lit scene like i get it like you are you are sad like this is a visual medium i get i get that you don't need to say also i'm sad um right and it it I just never felt like his character development was good. I never felt like his relationship with Tom was ever it's like all given super the fast. time. Yeah, it's it 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 doesn't feel good. Got to go fast. Got to go fast through plot development. I feel like uh, I don't know. I I would make an argument that there is some chemistry between Tom and Sonic as like playful buddy cop kind of thing going on. I, A but little that's just bit because Tom is guaranteed likable. Yeah, I, I, like it's it's. It's it's never it never like I don't know it never really elevates anywhere but it's at least like I like those two together at the very least I'm just not like mm. it, this it's kind of goes back to the 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 idea that this movie is just inoffensive <laughs> there's just nothing there's nothing really here but what's there isn't the worst thing to see there's so there was there were some other possible actors who could have played Tom and I think Michael Jackson could have done would have been really good <laughs> Michael Jackson it would have been really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, there's a corpse <laughs> sitting in the driver's seat of a car. Sonic, Sonic is just moving him every second. Yeah. Like, he's animating Michael Jackson's corpse. Uh, some people who were considered. Okay. Uh, Jason Siegel. He's okay. he's very, like, also inoffensive, but I find funnier. He, you know, could have been a good fit. Sure. Uh, Owen Wilson. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, that would have been a great wow. one. Wow, um, wow, you're so fast. oh my god Uh, ed helms um jack black who i often love but then i think like the goosebumps movie and he often phones it in when he doesn't feel super attached i think sure so it had it would have to be like super into it jack black and maybe being able to play opposite jim carrey would help him do that um 
What but, about like uh, uh, what if we got like like Ian McKellen opposite? Oh <laughs> man, super old <laughs> local cop. Uh, well, the last <laughs> person considered was Paul Rudd, which of course everybody loves Paul Rudd. Yeah, he would have been great, but like those are some of the colorful options you could have had. I mean, well, I say colorful; they're all white men. <laughs> but uh, but none of them were taken over guy who has no personality traits like just but you know even with paul rudd like you said jack black he phones in and sometimes paul rudd doesn't necessarily elevate a bad script i feel like yeah yeah. he's also he He needs something good to work away into like a non-role yeah so Uh, good point so sonic so sonic sad sonic sad sonic run when sonic sad sonic run he runs around this (laughs) big he runs around (laughs) <laughs> Got to recap fast. <laughs> he he runs around this baseball diamond super fast, so fast yeah. that he unleashes his uh, potential energy and creates an EMP pulse that knocks out the Pacific Northwest plus Montana, and <laughs> <laughs> which is <Yes>. so power <laughs> grid just electric blue wave goes over everything. Power shuts off everywhere. People are freaking out. Um, we get Adam Pally playing the like deputy sheriff, I guess, yeah, in this the town. Incompetent one. Yeah, he's just an idiot. He can't do anything right. He doesn't even like. He's like afraid to answer the phone, so he picks up his cell phone and calls James Marsden to say, "Hey, what do I do?" Even though an EMP just went off, and those cell phones definitely wouldn't work. But right. Whatever. Okay. Um, Man, Nick, you really just tore this movie a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What happens here? Is there anything important that happens with that power outage? We get, we get, other we than, get, like in the local, in the local script. I mean, oh, like, oh, um, no, no. Okay, so the big thing is they're dealing with it, and then we cut to like DC, the Pentagon, and a bunch of military guys because every video game movie, like Dylan pointed out after we saw this, has to have a military industrial complex plotline. Uh, but the military guys are like, oh, this power went out in a big way all across the Pacific Northwest in Montana. What do we do about this? Um, and and they give the most shallow reasoning <laughs> where they're like, well, we could send like, you know, all of our, our super smart military guys. And they're like, no, we have to go with someone crazy. Someone who is absolutely insane and hard to handle. Let's call in Dr. Robotnik. So they, they just accept that and they move forward. I kind of like they didn't waste time with it. Also, yeah. apparently, one of those military guys was the voice of um, the, one of the robots in the old Sonic cartoon from the 90s. Oh, right. Um, so, n- nice cool. little cameo in there, yeah. but kind of mildly unimportant. I like how their justification, the, the backstory that they create for Robotnik in this is that he is a black ops government spook. Because mm-hmm. they're because because every they're you know they're sitting they're in the situation room they're I assume it's the Joint Chiefs or whatever and they're like you can't possibly want to send him in like he's a loose cannon he's insane and like the the lead guy goes yeah but he has taken care of so much stuff remember the insurgency in Uzbekistan and they're like no it's like exactly do you remember yeah th- this place in something something Stan and they're like that's right. not a real country like, that's not even like, a country and they're like exactly and like the idea that like. Dr. Robotnik is the cleaner. He's the fixer that mm-hmm. you call when all other lines have failed. Yeah. It's like a ridiculous subplot. It's it's not even the, just that it's a ridiculous subplot, but why does this event warrant that? 
like right yes uh, uh, something happened but maybe a little more investigation before you call in well, the- i think they kind of justify that because they're like well we know it's not a dirty bomb and we know it's not an attack and we know it's not an emp because like there are all these different things like we've done Fair the enough. observation on it like they they give the the most bare bones logical defense for why they need to send in robotnik yeah and it's a kid's movie a you don't need to waste presence. time sure logicking that out and i'm fine with it yeah, honestly it, it's inoffensive yes so that brings us to um, the military in Montana, in Green Hill Zone. On the baseball diamond. Uh, yeah, on the baseball diamond, searching to find the evidence of what caused this when Dr. Robotnik's Mack truck, custom design, big red robot eye thing rolls up and he steps out. And uh, we've all seen the trailer where he dresses down the lead uh, military guy and tells him I'm in charge yeah. and is very childish just toying with that guy. And it, it's just more to set, set up that Robotnik doesn't respect people, I guess. The difference between Sonic and Robotnik is that Robotnik isn't in touch with his inner child. Right. Even though he's going to be super childish and, and be like, no, 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 I'm in charge. Yeah. But also this, and the, and this scene in the trailer works magnificently. This scene in the movie is terrible. Do you think terrible? Yes. Because, because when, when this scene is in the trailer, it implies that there is like a lead up to like this exchange between uh, Jim Carrey and Neil McDonough, who's the the, the military leader yeah. in this outpost. It, there isn't. He literally hops out of the truck and does that exact same exchange that is in that, and it doesn't make sense within the context of like a normal human interaction. Like, there's no build up. Like his thing where he like articulates, he goes zit, zit, like doesn't play. Well, it's because Jim Carrey was just allowed to do whatever he wanted, and he just I had guess. fun. But it worked in the trailer, but it didn't work here because it was just like, it was so manic. There was so much shit happening within that one scene. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, a quick aside also, that 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 Colonel or whoever he was is going to be M. Bison in a future Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. A, a little video game well, movie a past there. Street Fighter movie, a future within the context of this show. The... Uh, the Legend of Chun Li, I believe. That actor shows up in so many different things, and it's I love like him. he's I got such McDonough. a distinct look. But you say you love him. What What do you love him in? Like I can't think of anything he's been in where he like nailed it. Band of Brothers, he's really good. Um, All right, the first Captain America movie, he's Dumb Dumb Dugan, really good in that. Oh, I don't think he's used well in that. Sure, but I don't I think he think gets to do enough. Let's see what this old boy's in. You, you guys can keep on going, but he's in Arrow. Oh, he really? plays Damien Dark in Arrow, and he's just like, I'm a bad guy, and I have magic. <laughs> and, like, that's his whole thing. Like, he doesn't have a character. He's just a bad guy with magic who loves his family, I guess, and that's his weakness. But, like, other than that, he's just a jerk. Yeah. Mentioning family, he fe- he seems like the kind of guy that should be in a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is in Paul Blart and Mall Cop 2 as Vincent Sofal. <laughs> <laughs> highest compliment the 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 peak, the peak of modern media he's got to be easy to cast like easy to book because man sure. he he just never does any like his whole role in this never amounts to anything why is he the actor in that role if he's not going to do anything why couldn't that he's be only in this one scene he's in the scene and then he's gone yeah so he doesn't need to be there at all no so that could have been a faceless you know like just an extra right but instead, they cast someone recognizable. It could have been a role that got cut down as well. Yeah, sure. it's possible. Like, you know, maybe but, he was going to have more more interactions with the Robotnik or something, and it just, you know, wasn't necessary. 
So pretty much the military drops out from here and Robotnik takes over. They they really have no other major it's a part framing in this movie. device, yeah. Yeah. Um so we get Robotnik sends out his drones which he he references Charlotte's web and says that they're coming out of his uh, which he says that Charlotte dies, but she leaves an egg sack. Now look what's coming out of my sack. <laughs> and releases his egg-shaped drones to go scan the forest. And they find some sonic prints. Yep. Um, which he quickly identifies because he's had special Native American training. So he knows <laughs> that this is a creature that doesn't exist. He's checked a database of all living things. He implies that Bigfoot may be real, but this is not a baby Bigfoot. Um and that this is a new cryptid, which I kind of like. They they set up Sonic as this mythological creature um, that only one person in their entire town knows about. We yep. find out that there is a Crazy Carl. Is that his name? Crazy Carl. Cra- Crazy Carl is the only person in the town who's ever seen Sonic. He calls it the Blue Devil, which is a reference to Sonic's car in one of the racing games. Oh, really? Um, he drives the Blue Devil. And then uh, he pick he holds up a picture, and everybody's gonna love this moment. It's Sanic, the the classic meme of the very poorly drawn Sonic the Hedgehog, and misspelled. Um, and that's what this crazy guy drew for his. I like his, that. I was I yeah, was a fan. It's a of good that. joke. It it. I'm so, honestly I'm surprised it's not in the trailer. It feels like it's the like one of two jokes in this entire movie that aren't in the trailer that work. Um. But so, so like, I like the hunting down the cryptid thing, um, but Sonic panics now that he knows that he's being hunted, now that they're, like, closing in on him. So he knows he's got to get out of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the he's big thing is, he's, like, he's attached. He has all of this, like, stuff, uh, his Flash comics and his, his movies and everything else. He's in his love nunchucks. with this place. He's really reluctant to go. Um and before he goes, he wants to drop in on James Marsden's house. Why is he there? Is there a particular reason that he goes because, to that house? Because he's Donut Lord, and he loves Donut Lord. But the, is that it? I mean, is there yeah, really no reason that he's that's there? That's the connective tissue, is that because he like okay. is attached to Donut Lord, the cop, he wants yeah. to like spend some more wistful seconds looking through his window. Yeah. At James Marston. Because up to this point in the movie, he's been a really creepy stalker looking through the window, spending time with Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady, yeah. watching movies with them and hanging out, even though they never know he's there. He, oh, you know, um, here's what here's why he, he goes back there, actually. He, he's okay. about to use the rings to teleport out of his cave, but then he hears yeah. that the soldiers are nearby. So he decides uh, so he's oh, looking right, for right, right, I'm going to go for somewhere safe. Yeah. So he goes to Donut Lord's basement. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So he's there at Donut Lord's house. Donut Lord hears a noise and thinks, oh, raccoons are back. I'm going to grab this tranquilizer gun and go shoot a raccoon. <laughs> but we just have that my wife yeah. brought home from work. Well, she mentions that it's for bears. Oh. And in Montana, that makes some sense, I sure. guess. You can, can, you you can imagine? imagine. You know how like you know police officers come home and they like declip their, their gun from their belt? Do you think she also does? Like, she they have always a routine has the gun. Together. <laughs> the gun. And they have, you know, that foam case that you put your gun in. She has one as well, yeah. and they put them next to each other. I'd like to introduce a segment for this for this episode of the podcast only. Who could play Donut Lord? And I just got a quick one for you. Zach Galifianakis could be a good Donut Lord. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see him doing a movie like this. Talking to donuts, um, to maybe even like intimidating I, donuts. I would I would love that. I prefer when he sticks to his own like kind of indie sad comedies oh, for sure, that he's, yeah. he seems to do, but he could definitely fill in here. 
Anyways, um, this segment's so Donut over. Donut Lord goes to the shed and catches Sonic just about to teleport out. He's holding the ring. He's about to get out of there. Um, Sonic, by the way, going to teleport to planet with only mushrooms and no living people. Maybe a reference to Mario because he talks about how much he hates it. A little Sega, you know, does what Nintendo don't think, possibly. Yeah. But um, so he's just about to throw the ring down. And then James Marsden walks into the shed, sees him. They both scream at each other. It's the trailer moment. Well, at first he says, um, meow. Which is very funny. No. <laughs> very funny. But then he, James Marsden shoots him with a trank dart in the leg. And Sonic passes out, but not before focusing on James Marsden's San Francisco shirt. Because you know when you're going to move somewhere, <laughs> you, you always the, order yeah. a t-shirt with that place's name on it. Oh. No, the city so sends you, know you a shirt. It says, oh. so Joe, when Joe moved to Montana, he got a, he got a Green Hills Montana oh, shirt. I didn't notice I that. I got to change okay. my shirt. <laughs> so he sees San Francisco. That makes him visualize San Francisco as the ring falls out of his hand, and it opens a portal in the floor to San Francisco, some famous tower that I don't remember the name uh, of. Transamerica Tower. Thank you. And the bag of coins falls directly on top of the Transamerica Tower like landing uh, on yeah. the roof. I actually don't hate this plot device. I think this is cool. I think no, taking I think away works. a power yeah, for the whole movie from here on and having to go get them is fine, except when... You're Sonic, and you could literally go get them in two seconds. <laughs> right. It doesn't work as well when that's the case. I think maybe if somebody else had picked them up so that he like he gets there, but it's too late. Sure. That would have been something, or they like scattered and they're like all around the city. Maybe I don't know. There's ah, been... that, that that would be pretty good though. Like that would be like yeah. a good like Sonic emulating a Sonic level. Yeah. Uh, there there could have been better ways to handle that, but but the separating him from his power and having him go get it. Cool. Good with that plot device. Yeah. Um, so James Marsden captures Sonic, uh, brings him inside in a dog crate and conveniently his vet wife is not in town. She is out visiting her sister in for some reason in San Francisco, who for some reason hates James Marsden and doesn't want them to move to San Francisco. It's a dumb subplot. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't make any sense. But she, I like she the just actress does. though. She's Issa, yeah, one of fine. Issa Rae's friends in a in a uh, uh, whatever her HBO show is called. Uh, I'm blanking on it right now. Insecure. Oh, okay. She's pretty good. I, yeah. I haven't seen that, but yeah, totally fine actress. Played the part fine, but the part was so unnecessary. Yeah, um, yeah removing it from the movie would change nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, Marzen is like, I got this weird blue creature. What do I do? Um, at which point, Sonic very quickly wakes up. The Trank Dart doesn't affect him. Well, his uh, metabolism is so fast. Well, we don't know Except, how long he's been out, right? Like, I guess. Th- they change it seems scenes. almost he's instantaneous in that he wakes, wakes up. up. Yeah. Um, he walks right years. out of the cage, though. The cage, she doesn't have any trouble opening. Yeah. Um, and uh, the big problem is he needs to leave, but now he doesn't have his coins, or his rings, excuse me. Wow. Uh, his rings. Whoa, and, whoa, excuse you. And the Trank Dart is still only affecting his legs, <laughs> I guess is the idea. Um, so he like he falls off the table. He can't walk. So he needs James Marsden to carry him to safety and to deal with uh, Robotnik, which this, this does introduce uh, Tom and Dr. Robotnik to each other for the first time uh, when... 
they've tracked Sonic to this house and Robotnik knocks on the door and says, well, it doesn't, he doesn't literally lock the door. James comes out, but um, he says, uh, you know, he needs to search the house and he wants Sonic to hide. Well, Tom, I'm getting things <laughs> yeah, confused. Dr. Robotnik Tom wants, wants, wants Sonic hey, can to you hide. hide Sonic? I want to have a good time looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tom wants Sonic to hide. Sonic wants him to hide, too. And uh, Dr. Robotnik wants to search house to find him. Um, okay. So that kind of that brings us to some, like, this is where the movie kicks off, I think. Right. As far yeah. as, like, yeah. everything up to this point was just set up. It gets really good from um, here. <laughs> it doesn't do that but at least it gets moving we also get uh one of i think nick's favorite exchanges in this entire film between also joe's i've learned since the yeah yes uh yeah so so joe do you want to do you want to describe this one yeah so i mean you you, you had the knock on the door and the robotic is playing it you know save it first like hey you know I'm, I'm or he tries to like say he's like an electrician or whatever Tom wises up very quickly. And he's like, ah, I, obviously not. And then robotics like, oh, I see how it is. So he starts to do like a, you know, a, a kind of an ego speech. And then he ends up saying something along the lines of, I was making formula while you were uh, drinking formula. And Tom responds, I was breastfed. To which Jim Carrey Robotnik says, nice. And then <laughs> <laughs> follows that up with, rub it in my orphan face, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like the definitely like the full thought of nice rub that in my face why don't you orphan is, face is Yeah, well, right, but what I'm saying is like that's the sentiment is like yeah. oh, real nice jerk. But the way Jim Carrey delivers it is definitely Oh, breastfed. Nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> like we and didn't we like Nick and I did pause. not Nick and I did not hear the rest of the exchange because by the when Jim Carrey goes nice, we just both lost it. It was just like, yeah. where are we? What is this film? What? Who thought to write this exchange? Well, there was just such. Well, I, I don't. I think it's Jim Carrey because there's such a long pause. He was definitely like, I'm gonna make this about sucking titties, <laughs> like, and then and then I'm gonna follow through with the line as written. Um, <laughs> It's oh man, it's such a weird out of place joke, but it did elicit a genuine laugh. Like, I mean, also what a weird because thing, it's out of place. What a weird thing for Tom to like respond with <laughs> to like just like <laughs> yeah. this anecdote. You know, I this, didn't this, even have formula. Yeah. Whatever. He's a small town dude. They're proud of weird <laughs> shit like that. Rustic ass shit. Yeah, yeah take that. Uh, best joke in the America. movie. Can't believe it wasn't in the trailer. And that's it. We've now done the two jokes in the movie that weren't in the trailer. Well, there was so the rest of this. Oh, right, everyone yeah. has seen. That's that's right. We're yeah. basically out of spoilers now. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> because if you've seen the trailer, you know the rest of the movie. I mean, the rest of the movie is also a joke. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so he he ends up. Tom ends up getting into a physical altercation with Robotnik, which is great. Robotnik threatens him with a drone that has guns on it, and Sonic. Uh, reveals himself because he doesn't want Tom to get shot and Tom uses the opportunity to just deck Jim Carrey in the face. Yeah. Love that. So I not actually, only not only is Robotnik a government spook, he is also he has a license to kill. Yes, right. Yeah, and that's why he's like he's like, you can't threaten to shoot me and he's like, how could I shoot someone who doesn't exist? Like he's gonna eliminate Tom from the all records when he kills him. Um I, I don't know. I actually enjoy that. Like there was just a solid punch in this moment. And like, it felt like, all right, well that's the small town hero doing his job. Um, I, I don't right. know why that moment hit me, but it did. 
Um, so but, I guess so you when you Jim do Carrey, like Tom, you like Donut Lord at this point. You're like in. I love Donut Lord. He's the best character. James Marsden, immaculate <laughs> actor, always plays the best nobody. <laughs> um, uh, so Tom scoops up Sonic, who can't walk for reasons that are dumb, um, and uh, they run to the car and they get out of there. Meanwhile, we haven't really talked about Robotnik has like a number two in this movie. Yeah. The trailer I thought made seem like he was going to be like a major part of the movie. He like seems really important because a lot of Jim Carrey's jokes are based on him in the trailer. Um, this guy shows up and is like, oh, Dr. Robotnik, are you okay? We wanted to check on you. Well, why didn't you go check on the guy that we're chasing who has the weird alien creature we want to get? But this guy, this guy just doesn't have a role in this movie. And I don't know why he's even there at all. He just cares yeah. about Agent, Dr. Agent Stone. Yeah. Like, it feels like they wanted him to be more, but then they just didn't do anything with it. Well, they also couldn't determine whether or not he was going to be incompetent or suave because he, like, yeah. oscillates between both. Well, I think he's generally pretty solid, except Robotnik still makes fun of him no matter what. Right? Like, even when he does yeah. well, you know, or like the, the trailer line of, like, uh, did you want a latte? And he's like, of course I do. I love the way you make them. He's, like, mad at him even in that moment. But that is the other thing here. He clearly reveres Dr. Robotnik, and Dr. Robotnik clearly likes having him around, even if he doesn't want to admit it. So if Dr. Robotnik's whole thing is he has no inner child and can't play, but he's constantly playing and dancing around, and he is lonely because he has no friends, but he has this very dedicated Agent Stone who seems to be effectively his friend, what does any of that mean? Like, there is no... like. You know reason for means? him to be a jerk M- means bad screenwriting. That's what that means. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean this this yeah. this is a movie that is imitating a, a movie, right? Like, yes, it's... you're absolutely right. It is all the pieces of other movies jammed in. They're like, ET was fun. Let's do a little bit of that. Uh, oh, you know, remember that scene from those yeah. X Men movies? Let's do that a bunch with a fast character. Yeah. In fact, let's just get James Marsden. He was in those movies. <laughs> um, but the so, other ones, not the right ones, but we don't care. Not, not, yeah, yeah, not the ones with Quicksilver. But we're on a road trip um, now because Tom takes Sonic into yeah. the car and they're like, they're, 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 they're trucking away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're making their we way get to... The stupid. This is where that, that scene that comes up that you wanted to uh, bring up where his Sonic can run all the way to the ocean from Montana in two seconds and back. Um, so... James Marsden wants to get rid of him. He wants to be like, okay, you're on your own. Yeah, I helped and you he once. Sends him. We're, we're even. Yeah. He sends him away. Sonic runs to the ocean and runs back and is like, I don't know where San Francisco is, so you're not helping me at all, you jerk. <laughs> and James Marsden feels guilty, says, okay, fine, I'll take you to San Francisco. They get in the truck. They start heading on. They need to stop for like some supplies, gas, and um, uh, other things. Uh, food, snacks, or whatever. And we get this moment. First of all, we get product placement in this movie. Like, the truck rolls up in front of the gas station, and it looks like every single truck commercial that has ever been, where, like, you know, the, the it takes, like, center shot. It stops perfectly in the middle. It is not at all an organic shot for the movie. It is just, look at this truck. When you gotta go fast, <laughs> choose a Dodge yeah. Ram. And the other product placement was equally bad in this movie, where yeah. it takes such an awkward center <laughs> Uh, stage and and I I wonder if I wonder if I like that better or worse sometimes because on the one hand it's like look we're making art if we want to call Sonic art if we're going to say this is we're making our art we're taking a break from our art to show you this commercial that was required to pay for this art then we're going back to the art 
They're, right. they're separate things. I, I, that's that's so, fair. The, the, the scene that sticks yeah, out the most to or, me is the, is the moment earlier in the movie where um, Donut Lord is talking to his Zillow. wife. Yeah, and she's like, they're talking about moving to San Francisco. She's like, look at these. Look, I've, I've pulled it up on Zillow. Here's the homes. Here's what Zillow has to show for what's where you can live in San Francisco. And it like shows. Have you heard of Zillow? Turn, it's a great site. Zillow is great. Turn her laptop yeah. and like just the Zillow home page is there. And it's like. Yeah, with a logo like displayed <laughs> bigger than it would be on the actual yeah. website just to make yeah. sure it gets in there. Yeah, it, it's so awkward. It doesn't <laughs> contribute in any real way. Um, it's just uncomfortable. And then the other is Olive Garden, where they're like, oh. maybe, maybe we'll go to Olive Garden. Because when you're here, you're family. We should save that for the end of the movie, because I do think, weirdly, like... No, there's two, there's two scenes with Olive Garden. Oh, you're Garden right, you're there's, right. There's one that was earlier, and there's another one at the end, yeah. yeah. So, the point being, they stop, and it is, it is like dead silent on the road. Um, Sonic is playing behind the... Uh, the wheel of the truck while James Marsden's in the store. And then all of a sudden we hear like one motorcycle engine rev. And I thought like, Oh, Robotnik's like pulling up on them. Right. Yeah. But instead the camera pans outside of the truck and there's like this insane motorcycle, like gang clubhouse with people spinning motorcycles in the parking lot. And they just parked right next to this thing. Like, and it didn't make a sound until it needed to make a sound. Yeah. Fine, I guess. I just would have liked some ambient audio, some setup that it was there. It yeah, seems like, like it manifests out of nowhere. Right. There's like drag cars with like exhaust that like shoot gouts of flame and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. Nick and I both looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like where'd this come well, from? This is the ultimate temptation for Sonic, right? He's like, oh shit, this yeah. looks so cool. But I'm supposed to say in the He car. wants to be a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. So he does. He puts on sunglasses and a big polo shirt and a cowboy hat, I yeah. think. Uh, I think it's a poncho. Is in. it a shirt? It, it's like a polo. It, it looks like a poncho because it's so big on him. It's like oh, okay. James Marsden's polo shirt. Um, so he goes in, he sneaks in, and he, he wants to order buffalo wings and do all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, James Marsden's character runs in and is like, you got to get out of here. You, you, we're going to get caught. That guy wants to, The guy literally shot me in my house. Like, mm-hmm. we have to leave. And Sonic's like, oh, but this is my last day on Earth. Once I get to San Francisco... I'm leaving this planet forever. I don't get to do anything I wanted to do. Yeah. So he introduces the concept of a bucket list and doing all the things that you want to do before you kick the bucket. And they decide that they're going to fill that entire list in this one bar. Which, so this fucking alien blue hedgehog can make fucking references to whatever the fuck bit of popular culture has never heard of the concept of a bucket list right yeah somehow he's just like have a, has one big gap in, in, in his not, modern lingo and knowledge not only does he not know what a bucket list is when he asks james marston what it is he's like oh it's everything you want to do before you kick the bucket sonic takes that <laughs> said, literally kicked a bucket <laughs> which you you can't have it both ways movie you can't have sonic be this super ignorant like literalist kind of character in that children's movie you absolutely can because kids <sighs> did not mind yeah our theater was loving every joke and kids were going nuts to, for and, it. and of course the you know the, so they set up the bucket list and then like it shows them doing a bunch of things in the bar playing darts and whatever and dancing yeah. line dancing literally everything sonic can think of which i guess if you're like super in the moment all you would think of is things in the bar but yeah. yeah, it's a bad montage of bar fun. But yeah, and also James Mars Mars Donut Lord and Sonic are becoming fast friends. Fa- fast yes. friends. There's 
there's also interrelation throughout this movie. There are references to the games, like in subtle ways and not subtle ways, obviously, because it's a video game character. But uh, when he's writing the list down, and he's like, "What would I? What What do I want on my bucket list?" And he's like thinking, "I swear to God, there was like a three, and I wanted to tell Nick this so bad when this scene was happening, but I swear to God, I thought for a second Sonic was going to write down, "Kiss a human woman." Oh, that would have been so man. good. Yeah, that's like a little secret reference. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been good. And the, and like you could have done that in that bar scene as well. It just would be a little weird with him being ten years old. I think, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so they eat wings, they dance, they become friends. Because why have character development when you can have a montage? <laughs> exactly. Totally fine. And uh, unfortunately, at some point, a big angry biker guy gets mad at them, not for anything anyone does, but because they don't belong in this bar because they are hipsters. What? (laughs) It's like, what is that joke? They're not dressed like hipsters. Like, Sonic is wearing a disguise, but it's not a hipster disguise. They don't act like hipsters, aside from the fact that I guess you could say hipsters, like, adopt a culture and try to, you know, like do the fun things in a, in a culture or whatever. Sure. But I, I just don't see the joke other than they're like, what's a word people call people. It feels like a place. They call people joke. hipsters. Like they knew what the plot needed to do. And they were like, we just never figured out a better line. So, but this, this leads to our, our first, I think major Quicksilver scene where, um, time freezes, uh, time. Yeah. The bar fight starts and Sonic just moves so fast that nothing else can move in relative time to him, which sets up Sonic as being so much faster than he's ever, ever, ever been presented in the games. Exactly. Yeah, this, I is, don't... This, is, this is what I really want to get down to. They do not respect the game's lore at all. And I'm just really <laughs> upset. It's like, there's a, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get that nerdy emeralds? about it. I don't want to get that nerdy about it, but it Look, does where set are up... the Chaos Emeralds, though? I'm legitimately upset about that. <laughs> There's one. There's there one is? in the movie on the map of worlds. That's true. When Sonic unrolls the scroll. There's a there's a representation hmm. of a Chaos Emerald. So I think they're going to be the plot for, like, because the whole thing with the expanded, like, lore of Sonic is that Knuckles' race, his, uh, the Knuckles tribe or clan or the, whatever they're the called. Echidnas, yeah. Yeah, they protect the Chaos Emeralds. Right, right, right. So... They're probably hunting him down because much like uh, Infinity Stones, he's like imbued with a Chaos Emerald, I'll bet you. Mm-hmm. He's and the Captain they, Marvel uh, of, of... Yeah. I, I think that's how he got his powers is that he's imbued with a Chaos Emerald and they want to hunt him down and take it back or take the power back or something. Sure, um, sure. We'll, we'll get into that when we watch the sequel. <laughs> but uh, so Sonic can move so fast that time literally stops completely inconsistent with his ability to run 300 miles an hour, completely inconsistent with his ability to run from Montana to the ocean and back. Like it it just doesn't, I hate that there's no rules here because that means I can't buy any of the merchandise. I can't buy any of the merch. I can't buy any of the merchandise. I need rules to buy merch. That's how it works. You see that I do like their solution for setting up the final, the final conflict. Um, yeah. but, but we'll get there. Except their solution for the solution is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, I, d- I know where you're going, good, and I do but, like that, yeah. too. But but anyways, um, so, so yeah. So, the that's bar fight, so they the, do this, this quick silver scene. 
they do the Quicksilver scene. Um, he he eats a bunch of chili dogs in this reference. <laughs> he uh, he raps. So that's another fun thing. He he stops and takes a selfie with someone, meaning the camera can move at yeah. the same speed yeah. as Sonic to be the able to take that shot of the yeah, lens. Right? Yeah, can the move flash fast goes enough. off. So he's not even just moving fast. He's literally slowing down time for everyone else <laughs> and able yes. to transfer his power to a cell phone. Also, when he's like, he's pulling, um, they have those like string banners that are always up in like sports bars and stuff and like the little like pendant flags hanging off of them. Yeah. He's pulling that around the whole bar to like tie up everybody and knock them down. And those are flapping in the wind as he moves. Also meaning they okay, move outside well, of the... hold on a second now. Hold on a second. Now, when he drags them, he is still dragging them through air molecules. Right. So, so they're going to they're gonna move, but they should move very slowly. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, Otherwise, being, they'd, they'd be vibrating at, like, super intense speed. Yeah, exactly. Like, also, they're being moved through air molecules at, like, a blind... Like, faster than light, so they should be, should be like, ripped yeah. to shreds by the air resistance. That's a very good point that we don't get into in this movie. Yeah. Physics don't play at all. Wait. And again, it's a kid's movie. They don't need to play physics, but I would love some consistency with how fast he can move. That's all I would like, to yeah. know what his limits are. And I read a thing where the director was like, oh, it's great because he's unlocking his potential throughout the movie, so he gets faster and faster. Does he? But that's not the case. No. He clearly breaks the rules in between getting faster and faster. So I don't like it. I don't think it works. All right. Uh, cat is attacking my head. There's nothing. Sorry. There's nothing really spectacular about the Quicksilver scene they have here either. It's it's fine, right? No. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's it's so boring compared to anything. The X Men. Like, the reason done. the Quicksilver scene works in uh, Superman, for, uh, the yeah. Batman, Justice Leagues. The the Quicksilver scene in First Class is exciting. Is it First Class? Which movie was it? Um, I I think you might be it's, right. I think it's First Class. I think it's yeah. First Class. It's it's exciting because it's like wow we have never seen a time slowdown effect like this ever before With like water in the air and like a cheek he like he like pokes someone's cheek yeah. and it like ripples out and yeah. even as Ma- he's Matthew moving out of there standing on a table a- as the actor is moving you see the rippling on his face he's wearing the goggles and it's like it just looks there's so much engrossing about the quicksilver so much stuff, detail yeah. yeah now every slowdown super speed gimmick pales in comparison yeah you're wasting your time by doing it because it's not going to be anywhere near as good yeah but every child in our audience was laughing as all of the like bar stuff happened people got thrown around the walls the guy went out the window with a a bear head on his head someone else got wrapped up like a mummy kids loved it so i guess it's all fucking fantastic (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so they get out of there and robotnik follows interviews some people Robotnik throws the same guy out through the window that they they replaced as they're there, uh, just so he can throw him through it. Um, but they find out where Sonic and uh, uh, Marsden are headed Wachowski. in San Francisco. And I guess yeah, it, Wachowski. It might be worth mentioning at this point that like the 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 other thing that's going on is that Tom has Donut Lord has been labeled as a domestic terrorist, and yes. that's kind of affecting I guess his. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's but really going to affect that job opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so knowing where they're headed, Robotnik sends he tracks down to like the exact spot where their truck is going to be, and sends out some badniks, these big robot vehicles. Uh, he, he like handpicks one and it sends it out, and it's this big tank. And, uh, and we have a kind of a fun gimmick here where they're fighting this tank. 
Sonic does his first spin dash of the movie and hits the tank and explodes it, um, flips it over, breaks it all to pieces. And then unfortunately it happens to be like, that is literally shown in the trailer. And the follow-up joke is shown in the trailer, which is, he says, is that all you got? And Jim Carrey says, no, I don't. Or no, it's not. Thanks for asking. And the robot has another robot inside it. And they fight that robot. And that robot has another robot inside it. And this keeps on going until we get down to a teeny tiny robot, also shown in the goddamn trailer, cutting off the roof of the car. Yep. Um, it, it just this entire action sequence, basically, I saw before I saw the movie. And I don't know what the point was. Other than, <laughs> other than that in the middle of this action sequence, what they didn't show in the trailer is that Sonic takes the wheel for a little bit. So James Marsden can swing a big maglite flashlight to beat one of the robots to death. Completely unnecessary when you know that Sonic has the ability to roll into a ball and break these things apart. Yeah. But risks his life, puts Sonic, a 10-year-old, behind the wheel of a truck at a high-speed pursuit. Okay. I don't know why that's there. Um, They make it to San Francisco. (laughs) They team up with uh, the vet because Sonic has um, gotten hurt during these altercations uh yeah. basically a little the, t- the last robot is a bomb and it blows up behind yeah. sonic and it's like a sticky bomb out. which is weird yeah fun joke i mean yeah. like yeah that it clings to you you can't get rid of it you throw it and you think it's gone but then you look down and it's on your hand again all fine visual i thought the comment was going to be how it sonic has yet to take his gloves off in this film because it, it originally sticks to the palm of his glove i'm like okay we're gonna see what his yeah, fucking just hands pull your look glove like off and throw yeah. the glove and you'd be fine yes but it's I not a glove exact same thing it's his real hand it's oh my god <laughs> that'd be terrifying um yeah i do think that's interesting because sonic has the gloves as a baby in this movie as well and yeah. they like grow with him i guess and never or get like worn gloves. out yeah um, but they don't look like human gloves. They're like weirdly, you know, Mickey Mouse gloves. Like, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unimportant, but weird. Anyways. Uh, so because Sonic is hurt, they go to the vet, they go to the sister. Uh, well, the, the wife is the vet, but the, at the sister's house, Yep. um, which gives us an opportunity for the wife to te- join the team up for the rest of the movie, which is kind of cool. And, um, she, her vet abilities don't really matter. <laughs> like the fact that she's trained good. to help animals, uh, you would think was like, you, you assume is going to be the medical setup from the beginning of the movie that pays off here. But instead she's like, I have smelling salts in my human first aid kit. Let's use that instead. And she wakes up Sonic with smelling salts and he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Totally some, undamaged. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, some good nose uh, torque goes a long way. And then the only other important thing that happens in this scene, of course, uh, because I have to assume they're going to come out with a line uh, of actual merch for these at some point. But the little girl who is the daughter of the sister, so James Marsden's niece, um, sees that Sonic's shoes are all torn up and his feet are poking out the bottom of them. And she brings him a pair of bright red and white sneakers that look exactly like the sneakers from the game. Yeah. And he, he's like, no one's ever given me a gift before. And well, first he goes, what are those? And then she gives him the shoes. Yeah. This is also where we get the gotta go fast reference. When he wakes up from the smelling salts, he shouts, yeah, gotta go fast. Yeah. Um, gotta work in those reference jokes. So they, they leave that house. It's kind of uneventful other than the shoes. Um, 
they they head to the building that you've said Transamerica Tower. Uh, yes. Okay. Sonic has clearly demonstrated he has an ability to run fast enough to traverse vertical surfaces. Right. He should be able to run up, get his bag of coins or rings. God damn it. <laughs> well, what's wrong with you? We did, did, we're Team Sonic right now, all right? Team Sonic, Team Mario later. Get his bag of rings and teleport out of there. Should be easy. But instead he says, oh, they locked the roof. I can't get up. So James Marsden and wife have to join uh, the adventure to go up the stairs. There's some jokes also from the goddamn fucking trailer uh, of them hiding Sonic in a bag and people thinking he's like a carrying a child around in a duffel bag. It's not my child. <laughs> Unimportant. Seems like it could be like a point of conflict where somebody tries to stop him, but instead they just let him go. Nobody wants to help this child. Yep. <laughs> the, like, I can relate. My assumption would be He's taking that child up to that roof, and he's going to throw him off. We got to arrest this man. <laughs> Wouldn't that yeah, be crazy? The consequence happens. happens. Yeah. So <laughs> this they, movie there's is a now joke. Three hours long. I, I don't want to steal this joke, but like I, I'm going to reference um, the uh, the movie pitch series. What is it just called? Oh, pitch the screen by um. Yeah, it is screen by, by, yeah, sc- yeah, pitch beating is the series. Pitch meeting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He always says the line, super easy, barely an inconvenience. And that's like everything in this movie. Like, nothing matters. So they get up to the tower. Sonic has the rings. He's about to open the portal, but he's hesitant, naturally, because he still doesn't want to give up what he's got. He's made real friends. He's checked off all these bucket list things with them. He's got a, a like an opportunity here, but he has to go because he has to stay safe because that's what Longclaw taught him. Fear is the powerful motivator that Longclaw wanted to instill in him. <laughs> um, but Robotnik knew exactly where he was going and shows up at this very moment to unleash an arsenal of rockets on him. Um, which, they, under normal conditions, not a big deal for Sonic. Sonic can move so fast he freezes time, so he literally does the like the the tapping his foot, looking at his wrist... Uh, animation from the games yep. while he has time frozen and all the rockets moving he pushes uh, <laughs> uh the the wachowskis off the the roof tom and maddie um because his plan is keep them away from the explosion throw a ring and they'll be fine and he's got all the time in the world to make that happen so he's wasting time until we learn that robotnik has a secret weapon he activates a device that takes one of Sonic's uh, cast, quills. Ca- cast discarded. That's the word I'm looking for. Discarded yeah. quills and gives him super speed as well. Which they did a nice setup throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like we've seen quills discarded every time Sonic goes into his super powered state we, and they like always have a little blue charge on them. Um, the, the quill was found during that's during the power outage. He only found the quill because it was glowing blue with no other light around. Yeah. I forgot about that. And then when Robotnik finds the quill and like puts his tongue on it, he like moves super fast for a second in reaction to it. So they did this setup throughout the movie. Great kids movie plot. Item. Also I'm happy with that. In this scene, there's there's some good like visual tension where we see that Sonic's moving fast and everything. He's getting all these rockets and he's like having a fun time. But we see Robotnik's finger slowly moving towards a button. And yeah, uh, because Sonic is wasting so much time. If Sonic had just moved fast. Yeah. None of this would have been a problem, right. but he's wasting time 
and Robotnik is, ha- has that to take advantage of his, his superpowered device. So my question about this, this scene, and I know they don't give a fuck about physics at this point. You know, right. laws of physics are out the window. But if I am a human being, like, we can accept that Sonic can... Falling off of a tower? No, well, th- well, there's that. Oh. Yeah, like, the timing of them falling and hitting the ground is not correct. But Sonic can move, like, blindingly fast because he's Sonic. Like, he has that ability. It's imbued into his physiology. It won't affect him. Robotnik is a human man, and the... Ability to move as fast as Sonic has been imbued into the machine, not him. Now, I've seen what supersonic speeds do to a human being. <laughs> and you have to, <laughs> oh my you, God. Have to you have to make a Where lot of... Where did you, you see know, that? <laughs> well, they have videotapes of like, you know, people trying to break the land speed record. But like... Yeah. Okay. You're talking about G-forces making someone pass yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Right, because like, their brain literally compresses in their skull up against yeah, the back end Yeah, and all the blood pulls into the yeah, and they have and they have safeguards against that. Like you know, j- uh, fighter jet pilots have like suits that like compress their bodies like a tube of toothpaste, so they like blood stays in their heads. Robotic doesn't have any of that. He does have a flight suit. He does have a flight suit. He's he very talks proud about of his how flight it suit. Protects him. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I think I'm willing to accept super technology is magic. You know, fine. Like, yeah. I mean, it has to be because we we don't have any choice. But <laughs> um, <laughs> we are not agents in this in this matter. He would need to be supercharged to operate the vehicle moving that fast, anyhow, right? Exactly. He would have to be right to react to anything. So I think the current runs through him as well as the ship. Maybe it makes a field that operates within. Sure. sure. It's kind of like in the Flash, which this obviously borrows oh, from heavily. Here we go. When you have the speed force, uh-huh. you can kind of create an extension of the speed force around you and uh, bring other people into that, that kind of like you could vibrate them so that they resonate as fast <laughs> and they can operate in the speed force time. It's kind of like that, but Sonic isn't the fucking flash. So, <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's, it's really just stealing. Like these people just made a flash movie with a blue character. Shit. <laughs> you mean the, the, uh, the antithesis of red is blue. So we have to, yeah, we have to go right. with blue. Right. So so we now catch up to the beginning of the movie. We are in this chase scene through downtown San Francisco. It's very weird being someone that's been to San Francisco multiple times, like being like, I've walked oh, yeah. down that street. I've been to that CVS. There's literally like a well, CVS on a corner. They here's round. a street I'd like to ask you about then. Did you happen on your visits to San Francisco notice when they passed by Mega Drive? Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> It's one of the road signs uh, that you only get like just a split second to see, but there's there is a road sign for Mega Drive in this chase scene. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, a nice little nested reference. Also, um, um, we have we have explained at this point that Robotnik has uh, apparently free license to kill, imbued with to him by the U.S. government, which is good because he's murdering a lot of people he in San Francisco is carelessly firing rockets down crowded streets full of there are yeah. no people no people like no pedestrians all right, motorists cars yeah. yeah and he is just demolishing cars willy-nilly and it's like are these cars parked are they unoccupied what is happening did, did robotnik literally just kill like scores of people in his crusade to capture one blue i think he dog? did it's I great think those people are dead amazing 
you know, it's also worth worth noting that. Um, so, all right, so the, the Sonic pushes the, the people off the roof, uh, and you know, the robot like, goes into super speed mode as well. Sonic jumps off to throw the ring down. He does get the ring to catch the, the people falling. They're still falling like at speed, right? And yeah. when they get yeah, well, they're that's why they go into a they, they get, barn. They, they get thrown into a barn with hay. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that would still kill them. <laughs> it, this is cartoon movie yeah. logic. So yeah. I guess Assassin's Creed once again proved that you can jump into hay. <laughs> exactly exactly video game logic cartoon logic I, it doesn't yeah obviously that would be very painful devastating wouldn't possibly it be, killing them wouldn't it be cool though if it cut to them like after the fight and it was just like they have broken necks and like the hay and they're just like <laughs> covered in flies <laughs> full body cast for both of them I yeah there, there are a number of moments in this movie where I wish physics would just suddenly turn on <laughs> and, um, so there's at the end of the movie there is a high five, but Sonic gets so excited for the high five he like that revs he like up. runs around the town first and then comes in for it. And it goes into like slow-mo and zooms in on the hands. And I just, I so wanted this X-ray vision, like Mortal Kombat fatality where you see James Marsden's hand with all the bones inside just get liquefied by yeah. the collapse <laughs> yeah. of Sonic's hand against it. It would have been so incredible. Obviously, completely out of place would be terrible for this movie, but... I don't know. <laughs> but I wanted it so bad. Like, there was this just, please let this happen moment. Um, okay, back to in media uh, action as it's happening. Sonic uh, throws a portal to try to get away from Robotnik. Um, or, well, does successfully throw several portals, and he bounces all around the world. We get the pyramids in Egypt. We get other places. Paris, the Great Wall of China. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Robotnik destroyed joke. Yeah, we I he, guess. De- he destroyed the Sphinx for some reason. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got uh, all this carte blanche, you know, American government power. What happens when he starts destroying yeah. monuments in other countries? Right. Um but anyways, uh they end up teleporting back to Green Hill Zone and Sonic narrowly fails to outrun a rocket explosion which throws him unconscious into this town middle of town square in uh not green hill zone <laughs> the city the town of green, green hills hill. montana uh yeah green hills montana yes thank you um so sonic is unconscious and this is the best moment in the movie for me <laughs> sonic is laying there in the street <laughs> not talking sonic not talking best part yeah yeah um, James Marsden decides to grab the rings because they're on the ground and to sneak up on Robotnik. And while he's doing that, they well, they they have a good like fight on top of the um, Robotnik's jet thing. Um, James Marsden gets thrown down. Evil villain monologue has this moment where Jim Car- Carrey has to say, "Why are you throwing your life away for an alien? This weird little creature shouldn't mean anything to you." And and then he says, and look, you're too late anyway. He's he's already, well, he doesn't say anything. He's just like kind of points to Sonic's limp yeah. body and is like, doesn't matter anyways. You've wasted your effort because look what happened. And our theater throughout the entire movie, children have been commenting about what they see on screen. They're like, oh, he's running fast. Oh, he's playing baseball. Oh, he's doing this. Like the entire movie, there was child commentary. And this one little girl shouts out, He's dead. (laughs) And in this moment, you have to believe that that little girl really thought that's where this movie ends. (laughs) That she's gone through this two hour or hour and a half experience 
of building up her relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog only to witness him die and the bad guy win <laughs> at the end. And she seems so crushed. Um, but we get the stupidest resolution in the world, which is James Marsden says, I'd throw my life away for him because he has more humanity than you'll ever have. And he's my friend. <laughs> and Sonic's, yeah. Sonic's eyes open. They're crackling with blue energy. Sonic stands up and Emperor Palpatine's Robotnik <laughs> uh, with just like, I mean, it's insane how much extra power they're giving to Sonic that he's never had before. Unlimited his lightning, power. It's just ruining his lightning the game's gives history, him, legacy. <laughs> his lightning gives him telekinesis or, or something like it to be able to drag Robotnik's ship forward and take or attempt to take his quill back. He doesn't actually do it. Um. Uh, but then he goes into like this, like classic attack mode, like in all the games where you roll into a ball and attack yeah. ba- uh, Spin dash. Bowser. Almost said, "What am I saying?" <laughs> wow! Um, wow! What a fucking coins this fucking... and Bowser. <laughs> peel back the skin. We know what game this really is. Um, <laughs> he goes into that. Yeah, it's spin dash and and repeatedly bounces on Robotnik's ship, damaging it to to pieces. And James Marsden opens a portal, or somebody opens a portal to the mushroom world mm-hmm. and Sonic to says, I'm not kingdom. leaving this planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not leaving this planet. You are. And he pushes him through. Um, the day is saved. Uh, things are great. <laughs> I guess the government decides to not do anything about this situation. Yep. They disavow um, the existence of Robotnik. Yeah. They show up to give a gift to the Wachowskis. Um, to thank them, or to, to, what did they say? They said something about thanking them. They said, thank you for making the Matrix movies their national treasure. Right, yeah. We're, we can't wait for the sequel. Thanks for your silence, Here's basically, is what they were. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, your discretion, your silence. And, um, go ahead, Joe. Are we, are we just, are we just kind of speeding through the, the conclusion here? Is uh, anything you want to add? Well, Go I mean, I, I mean, obviously, this is the point where they where they give them they're they're like building up. Hey, we got Uncle Sam has a little gift for you, you know, a little uh, yeah. little you know, and you're thinking, oh, you know, he's they just you know, um, they're keeping quiet about a pretty big deal, and they opens up the envelope, and <laughs> they they pitch a few things what it could be. They're like, oh, maybe it's money to fix the house because the house was. Just riddled with bullets. I mean, they destroyed their their den. Yeah. Um, they said something else about what it could be, like a letter from the president, like a, yes. a you know something commemorative. Which, and depending instead, on, might not be that. They valuable. open it up, and it's a fifty dollar gift certificate to Olive Garden that once again takes center frame. <laughs> Look at this. Rem- be reminded that Olive Garden exists. You fucking audience. Take your kids there after the show. It's pretty good though. It's, um, it's probably the second best joke in the movie. <laughs> well, and then the follow up is like uh, the fucking Brigadier uh, General is just like, like, oh, they have. Have you had their bottomless pasta bowls? They're oh, great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They had to pitch like an actual menu item, which I I so am sure was like a contract decision when they were like, all right, we're <laughs> gonna put some product placement in this movie. We got Olive Garden. Guys, what do we need to do to get you secured for this contract? And he's like, well, you're going to need to show our logo no less than two times during the film. And we, we really want to pitch this new menu option. So we need you to say the words never ending possible at some point in the movie. You know, like checkbox. Boom. He said it. Um, and then James Marsden's like, I'm actually pretty excited about Olive Garden. <laughs> like after that. 
but they, and then, they and then like the voiceover comes up and the big Olive Garden logo shows up overlaid right. on the screen. You realize you've been watching an <laughs> hour and a half Olive Garden ad. That's basically what it was, right? Um, so they they tell the military guy goodbye. They go inside, and Sonic is there watching movies, and or wants to watch a movie, wants to have a movie night. But they say, "Sorry, it's a school night. You got to go to your cave." And he references that it's exactly three p.m. Um, and the idea that even if they are treating him like their child now, and they're calling the cave, which they, it turns out to be a name they've given to their attic, which they want to set him up to live there. But even if that's the case, who sends their kid to their room at 3 p.m. for the night? They're like, you got to go. You're, we, we can't deal with you anymore. Also, is Sonic the, enrolled in school? What is the implication yeah, there? Yeah, what does school night mean to him? Yeah, I so many questions. Because the military is not supposed to know where he is. But Green They're Hills like, have you seen him? knows. I think it's the assumption that Green Hills is a town. Like is the like, town oh, is just going to hide him He's now? our blue devil, yeah. yeah. All right, that'd be I, I'd accept that, I guess. Uh, I mean, I hate it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> so, all the townsfolk came to protect Sonic as well when they had their final confrontation. Yeah, that's with, true. Actually, with yeah. Jim Carrey, um, not not Doctor Robotnik, like literally Jim Carrey. Literally, yeah, the actor. He, they're like, dude, you're fucking ruining our lives with your your super deep into character. Uh, what's it called <laughs> when someone? Method acting. Method acting. Yeah, your method acting of Dr. Robotnik is fucking insane. You can't build robots that attack us on set, Jim. It's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Sonic has a room in their attic, which I already spoiled by saying it out of sequence. But uh, they go up to the attic and they show him like, hey, we moved you in. You've got a cool race car bed. All of your stuff from your secret spot in the woods has been moved in. You're going to be our son. Yeah, oh my god. For the second time in the movie, by the way, he does the stupid floss dance. So unfortunately appropriate for a 10-year-old. Kids <laughs> love that fucking dance, and I hate it so much. I feel like but, the, um, the American Dental Association should just fucking co-op that somehow. Like, kids... It would no ruin one, it, though, because then kids <laughs> would hate it. Yeah, well... At uh, least- which actually would be great. <laughs> That's right, where so Sonic's happy. So they're going to raise him... Yeah, ha- as their son, and that's the happily ever. They're after. Sonic. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> okay, well, uh, two 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 last like scenes of the movie, I guess you could say, right? But the, you're talking about the pre-credits and the mid-credits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, uh, the go for it. Robotnik. We we get to see where Robotnik's ended up. He's in he's in that mushroom world. It's all mushrooms. He's got a really he's bald now. Yes, he's he's actually like shaving himself, which. He's got a, he's grown yeah, his mustache to eccentric proportions, and he looks great in this look. I don't know why they didn't just have this look. Yeah, yeah, just fucking do just this. Embrace if it. If they opened with that opening sequence, and they were like, "I'm being chased by a crazy robot uh, master who uh, wants to steal my powers." Well, that's Mega that's Man. All the setup you need. Yeah. Uh, what was that? I'm sorry. So, robot masters is Mega Man, but don't worry about it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this crazy scientist who builds robots is trying to t- chase me down to steal my powers. This is the world we're in. And then they end up like returning to the mushroom. He's like, I have to go to another world or I have to go back home. And Robotnik follows him and becomes like crazy Robotnik chasing him around his world. That could be a whole movie that just ignores the need for this movie to set it up. You could just jump into it. But instead, we get the teaser at the end that maybe we'll get to see a more classic Robotnik in the future. And I I guess it's likely that we will, given how well this opening weekend has gone. Yeah. 
like 65 yeah, um, million in its opening weekend except except it's going to be crazy robotnik coming back to earth and he's probably going to clean up his mustache and not have that at all oh, which you know, so bad. like if anyone is arguing against the idea that you couldn't start this movie in media res like fucking look at like looney tunes like look at look at wild e coyote in in roadrunner like that's mm-hmm. it's it's not a huge leap of logic to accept that th- these two have a, a you know sorted past and have a you know right a, a rivalry in a, in a and in everyone a, would accept it because you accept it in the games you don't need any setup you i mean granted the manuals go into the chaos emeralds and stuff but most kids didn't read the manuals they played the game they ran around and fought some robots and then they met this weird guy who drove an egg-shaped vehicle and they were like this is my villain I'm going to fight him. And, and it never became an issue as like someone playing the game who didn't follow it. Like you didn't have to, you just right. played. So Sonic does call Robotnik Eggman in this movie in a way Multiple that I, times. I do appreciate because he says, Oh, your, your, your robots look like eggs. You're now Mr. Yeah. Eggman to me, which works. Which fits Donut he, Lord, pretzel lady. Right. Right. Just yeah. why didn't they do that more? Why didn't they have better character development for the other aspects of this character? Yeah, I don't know if that's character development. I mean, I guess it is. It, it, it's a character trait that gets repeated at yeah. least. Yeah, it's not so much development. But, but yeah. did you guys notice? Um, all right, so in Robotnik's little mushroom scene, he's got he's got that little rock friend that's got like a face carved to do it or whatever. Right. He calls Agent Stone. Yeah, get, get it because the guy his his previous right hand man was Stone. Are you, <sighs> are are you doing a bit, Joe? Because like that's not. Did you notice? That's you, the whole point. Like, did you get it of that. That's the if whole it, joke in that scene. He sends Agent Stone. He, he, he sends him on to some do. reconnaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, throwing good. him barely a few steps ahead. Although I did notice, like, I wonder if Jim Carrey always looked that muscular or if doing the rock lifting is bu- bulking him up because <laughs> he looks know. like way muscular in that final scene. Idea. Yeah, in the flight suit, like I like lang- lanky, stringy e- Eggman. I think that works. I think that look yeah. works. I don't think you need to make him like fat and ovular. I I kind of think they're going to make him muscular in the next one, not not oh, so no. fat, maybe. Ripped Although who knows Robotnik. what they'll do because muscle him. Up. These things. Th- this movie has been in development for several years, like something like uh, five years, six years, something like that. And the script has changed multiple times too. The first draft was like apparently all comedy, and then they were like, "We got to action it up." And then they, you know, strapped in these these pieces onto a, a skeleton um, of the script that was there. Uh, anyways, we move forward to the credits. The credits had something that I didn't notice at first, but once Dylan pointed it out, absolutely stuck out to me, which is you've got the 16-bit proper sega rendering of sonic classic sonic going through a pixel art representation of the movie it starts with his home cave it plays out the bar scene it's like all the scenes we've seen except all of the other pixel art doesn't look like anything that was ever on a sega game all, all the pixel art looks like shit it looks like yeah shit. It's, <laughs> it the just turtle. doesn't match at all and once you said it to me it became like this hyper depth <laughs> Between Sonic and the rest of the, his surroundings, I was just like, "Oh my god!" You hear that like high pitch, the high pitch sound when the grenade goes off in like your vision yeah. tunnels. Like, yeah. oh no, you just rung my bell. Yeah, it's really weird. Also, they they also do a, a moment where they like overlay the like Sonic energy on top of the Pixel Sonic, and it's it's not like Pixel mm-hmm. energy. It's like smooth, right. like it's the same like CG high res energy, yeah. and it and it looks so. I mean, this is just. 
it looks so bad on top of pixel art. Like it's it's not a it's a good idea for an end sequence to do like a pixel art whatever, you know, montage, but it looks yeah, it's not a good right. looking montage at all. Yeah. Yeah. So so we 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 reached the finale. We reached the we have finished the end of this movie and by this point I am like, okay, movie's done. I feel nothing. I am a husk of a man that has to <laughs> I've sat through this entire filmic experience. And then we fade back up from credits and there's like a, a cliffside overlooking Green Hills, Montana, and a ring portal opens up and who decides to jump through but your friend and mine, Miles Tails Prower. Morales. Did you say, oh. you say Miles Prower? <laughs> yes, Miles Prower. Miles Prower. And he has like a little gizmo with him, like a little radar thing. He's like, oh good, mm-hmm. he's still here. And then his... Tales yeah, it is the up. most cartoony cartoon voice. Like Ben Schwartz is doing a cartoony voice, but it's a this good Miles Power. It sounds like straight out of the '90s cartoon. Like yeah. the yeah, like very very high pitched Miles voice. Um, but and yeah, he's five, still here. Yeah, and that and five maybe there's seconds. still time. Right, that five I'm fucking sorry. seconds of Tales, I watched and I said, "Fuck, they've got me." I'm gonna fucking watch the second movie. <laughs> Because yeah. that got me really excited for some goddamn reason. That's the worst thing you've ever I, said, Dylan. Yeah, like I like Tales. I do. I, I am not excited about a second movie, but I'm gonna watch the second movie anyway because we do this podcast. So like, <laughs> it doesn't Great, really matter we're all how excited. I feel. So this movie, yeah, right. This movie did better than the Detective Pikachu for its opening weekend. Yeah. That's insane to me, and I wonder if it's riding like the coattails of Detective. I think Pikachu it's riding the coattails like, of its own controversy. I think uh, that with, uh, as well with, is a with big Sonic. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so then what do you get think? right. Okay. So we've kind of talked about the original design for Sonic they had for these. Right. And like there's, there's not much more. I don't know. There might be more to be said about specifically the Sonic design. But what did mm-hmm. that mean for the design of Tails and the Echidnas when they right. still had that original design in mind? So. Yeah, like what would they have looked like? What would this right. gross fucking tails look like? Yeah, you know that gross I mean, like sure taxidermy be... fox. You ever seen that picture? That like, <laughs> like yes. bipedal with his eyes like bulging out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what they would have used as reference for tails in the original design. Yeah, yeah it would have been hideous. And also, like Joe said, Baby Sonic and and yeah, the echidnas for sure. Uh, I'm I'm so glad we got the redesign, but I do think you're right. I think a lot of the hype around this movie all the reviews that are super positive are contrastingly positive because people are saying it would have been so bad, but Hey, they listen to us because mm. people just are so desperate to be heard in this modern age, yeah. right? <laughs> people want to feel like they have an impact because the world has gotten insanely smaller through the internet, but also insanely crowded through it, right? There's so many opinions and so many thoughts out there. If you feel like you've been represented, if you feel like you've been heard, it's massive. And so if you complained and your complaint got your complaint got responded to in a way that you can perceive as positive, you're going to have a, a higher opinion of this movie. There's no I didn't complain <laughs> in the first place because I didn't care what Sonic movie would do. Like right. I, you know, like it looked ugly, fine they replaced it. It doesn't appeal to me, but there is a huge portion of the audience that seems to be rating this movie very highly because a complaint was responded to. I'm, I'm so kind of seems dangerous. I'm so f- flabbergasted by the, by the idea that people 
aren't as angry that this is a Sonic that takes place in the real world. Like, I feel like people should be more upset that they made it into like a weird movie with a cop guy. And I mean, the military was a small. There's no critical thinking, really. It's it's like what? But also, it's like antithetical to like what you would like what the Sonic. Like, there's so much material to use for a Sonic movie, and that they use like barely any of it seems ridiculous. Well, let's go ahead and yeah. get to our reviews then. What, what, you know, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This was bad, and I think honestly, the best I can give it. They had that one really good, titty second joke, yum yum. Uh, that's gonna bring it to a probably a two oh, out of ten for no. me. Yeah. All right, uh-huh. two for two. You know, for the pair. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, I, I can't believe you. <laughs> I can't believe you would do this. Oh my! <laughs> how many how many boobies out of boobies do you give it, Nick? I I in the Sonic games it takes fifty rings, not coins, to achieve Are you that sure supersonic ability. So I'm gonna say this was about twenty five rings shy. So a, fi- a five out of ten, a twenty five out of fifty on on the supersonic scale yeah yeah i would give it i would give it that i would give it five chows out of ten it's a Mm -hmm. half there's Mm -hmm. a half empty chow garden yeah (laughs) it's there was a chow reference in the movie by the way oh interesting Um, when when they were driving down the highway um and they flashed to like there was a brief moment where they flashed to another car and have like a family playing on tablets and stuff right so the kids are like fighting over it um in that moment on the dashboard, there was a little chow figure. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Nothing moment, but yeah. Yeah. Like, they I, obviously that, that know a, a bunch about, like, the Sonic canon. Like, why didn't they fucking use any of it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. It's, um, it's, I, I, a Sonic movie, I wouldn't expect it to be brilliant, but I think you could have done a lot more with, but by doing like almost anything else, <laughs> like this was so like I, desperate to be mediocre, and it's weird that it's convinced it's tricked people into thinking it's something better because it's a not like atrocious video game movie or something. I don't know. I have no concept for why people like it as much as they do. Anyway, I think the the harshest the harshest criticism I can give this movie is that it seems so. It just it feels just like a setup movie for a franchise. Like it yeah. does, it doesn't feel like its own self-contained thing. It just has the audacity to know that it's going to have at least one or two movies at minimum. Which I think is, I think at least that much is daring because I'm surprised this movie is succeeding as well as it is. I think it was a big, not financial risk necessarily because they didn't hire very expensive actors, but a success risk, right? Like I, this easily could have been a trashed movie. Jim Carrey has to be pretty expensive. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, I, I just don't think it was like a guaranteed sequel builder. Mm. Mm. And it obviously is what we're getting now based on the reviews and the, the, the earnings. But I'm surprised that they were confident enough to spend a whole movie building a franchise when it could have flopped. Yeah. But then again, that's what like the Dark Universe did, right? Is they were going to be like, building up and they just completely flopped. What if the next movie was um, actually a Miles, like, a Miles origin story. It doesn't even go to Earth. <laughs> right, like it, <laughs> like, it ends at the same point. Like it's like <laughs> yeah, him walking through the portal on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that man. would be 
what else is there to say about well, this movie? I was just going to say that, weirdly, this movie feels like a low effort or maybe amateur effort, and it's because it is. Um, this is the director's first feature film. The only other thing he's ever done outside of this is a short film called um, uh, Go For Something. Go For... Oh, shit. I can't remember what it is, but it's it shows up in this movie, actually. Sonic is watching it at one point. But it was a CG short animated film. That's all he's ever done before this. The writers are known for absolutely nothing. Patrick <laughs> Casey and Josh Miller... <laughs> only wrote for TV before this. Like, a couple made for TV movies, but mostly TV shows. Um, and I think it does show, because, like, I, I feel like they write... Uh, when you're writing for TV, you can be a little more stagnant and have your changes happen, like, in big, you know, like, the, the season finale or the mid-season finale. But everything else is kind of like you want to keep the character familiar for audiences. Um, and that's all this is. Nobody really develops in this movie. They just kind of right. follow the same patterns it's a, so, it's a fairly competent directorial it's debut though i feel like debut like, like yeah it, right there's nothing wrong with the directing in this movie it's just it's just it's, not it's a f- well aside from the product placement clumsiness i don't know i, I mean i had a giggle at Zillow, it's, so i can't it's it's yeah. it's real bold to give the first movie of the sega sammy original films to mm-hmm. a, an unknown director I, yeah. I think there's a there's a, the, the the philosophy that I have to imagine exists behind like executive producers is it doesn't matter if it's good to put some cheap directors on it or whatever it'll make money it, it, whether it flops right. whether and it critically like, <laughs> the or cap not. on how much money you make is right. raised if it does well with yeah. cheap people yeah. yeah it's the money it's the money ball philosophy for films yeah <laughs> yeah um, but I, I agree I don't think there's anything else to say does anyone else. I'm gonna watch right. that second one because I don't know they got me hooked with with Miles Tails per hour for some reason. What are we, what if, are we gonna? If you're gonna watch a Sonic movie, maybe just wait for the. What second are we gonna wash our, our mouths <laughs> out with this? With the, what, what's what's next on our agenda? Well, guys, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a choice. We're gonna get it. So uh, oh. uh, uh, since uh, uh, we were playing a little catch up with our with our uh, uh, cast, there's been last... a lot of releases lately. Weirdly, specifically on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, at the end of the month, we got that we got that sweet sweet Pokemon the first movie remake coming out. But uh, before we get to that point, there have been two movies that came out on Netflix recently. Uh, one is the Nino Nino Kuni movie, and then the other one is uh, a Dragon Quest movie. Dragon Quest colon Your Story. So I'll leave it up to you guys to pick between those two. Which which JRPG destiny will we follow? Find out next time on Attract Mode. <laughs> <laughs>